everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12-questions version of the podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined by Kurt Busch, the Daytona 500 winner. Um, I'm doing this podcast from my now nearly empty apartment in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I will catch you up a little bit on what's going on with that uh, after this, but first uh, I want to give you a chance to listen to the 12 questions with Kurt Busch, followed by a little bit of a qualifier on what happens with the question for the next guy. All right, I'm here with Kurt Busch for the 12 questions. And Kurt, the first question I have is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, I would say that it's a balance of both, but in all honesty, my dad, Tom, taught Kyle and I everything about the race car and first step was how to work on it and that taught us how to respect it and then how to race it he was always there helping us with our go-kart and you know what was funny is I always looked forward to watching the race with him on Sunday as a kid because he would uh, point out certain things that the veteran drivers were doing you know like Dale Sr. was doing this or Bill Elliott did that and it was really neat to digest that and then apply it to the little go-kart we had. Does he still give advice uh, from time to time now? Oh, yeah. He hasn't slowed down one bit, <laughs> so he, he still knows it all. <laughs> so, obviously, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, and now Dale Jr. have all retired or retiring in the next couple years. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? Uh, you know, there's, there's the opportunity in NASCAR that's different than any other sport, and that is, is we have 40 guys that take the green flag every weekend. You know, there's two sports teams usually. You know, like right now it's the Warriors against the Cavs. And are you a fan of either? Usually by this time of year, your guy is or your team is out of it. And so you, you choose one or you move on to another situation. Um, but I always encourage people to stay involved in NASCAR and find a driver that they think is similar to their driving style or to their demeanor, um, to their to their ability of, of fun level. You know, I think the fun level is what this sport needs to continue to focus on. Everybody talks about power rankings, uh, stages, points, wins. Let's, let's talk about fun level. What is the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, my, my job is great. I love it. Uh, there's always um, so many different hats you have to wear, uh, whether it's a media hat, uh, a sponsor hat, uh, working with the crew guys and the engineers, um, you know, studying wind tunnel numbers. I think that's maybe the toughest part right now is just balancing all the rule changes of NASCAR and trying to find a, a common thread on how to get that advantage. I mean, it, the sport is all about having that advantage and being the, the top team. And right now we've been working our buns off balancing out all the different uh, things that are changing. So let's say a fan spots you eating dinner in a nice restaurant. Should they come over for an autograph or no? Oh, sure. I mean, it's, it, it, there's a moment in time where you always have that one chance to make a new fan or to keep a fan of the sport of NASCAR. And, you know, it's nice when you're done eating to, to come on over. But it, I remember one time it was actually here in uh, Dover, Delaware, where I was having ribs and somebody wanted me to sign uh, what, what they wanted me to sign. I'm like, guys, I'm eating. They were just so ecstatic. They wanted to sign, and I really had rib barbecue sauce all over my hands and signed what they wanted signed. They wanted that part of it as well. 
<laughs> here, here's some barbecue sauce for my meal. It's like an extra souvenir here. Yeah, it was like icing on the cake. Uh, what is the story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? The story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage. I I would say it's just the, the genuine racing on the track and who's doing what and how that move or pass happened. Similar to like old school journalism on when guys were out dueling each other out on the racetrack. Uh, who was the last driver you texted? Uh, last driver I texted... I had lunch with Matt Crafton this week, so maybe that, that was the last driver I, I texted. That would make sense. Uh, I do need to text Jimmy Johnson, though. My wife's playing polo, and his buddy Nacho's playing polo, and so we got to figure out if we're going to go watch polo. Something you never thought you'd say like a few years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, the polo, right? Uh, do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Yeah, there's that aspect of it. Um, ultimately, we're just hardcore racers. Uh, and then you learn at, at this level, the TV side of things, because we'll be like, man, let, track's ready to go, track's green. And then, you know, we're like, well, we still have another hour or so before live TV hits. So there's a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, you just you roll with it and you focus on driving the car. What is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? I haven't used it in a while because it came with so many penalties. So... <laughs> Uh, not from other drivers, just from NASCAR. Um, honestly, I, I haven't used it in a while. And so it, it's usually when somebody does something so blatant and that blatant moment was backed up by three consistent blatant moments. So you usually got to have three strikes to get something pretty big. Uh, three strikes in the finger. Yeah, I, I would say. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, some drivers keep a payback list in their minds if, if somebody's done them wrong. Do you also have a list uh, for people that have maybe cut you a break on the track or done you a favor? Yeah, you have all the different lists. Um, you know, guys that, like when we get to the cutoff for the, cha- for the playoffs and, you know, guys are really pushing hard to run consistent and to get into the playoffs, uh, then there's the, the good, good guy list, uh, then there's a the bad guy list. Uh, you keep track of it all. I mean, that, that's an element that if you're good at that situation, uh, you're in the, that top percentile. Uh, who is the most famous person that you've had dinner with? Most famous person I've had dinner with? Um, I had a beer with Reggie Jackson the other day. Uh, oh, that's pretty cool. How was that? That's pretty solid. We were hanging out at the, the Yankee Club uh, restaurant in uh, New York City. But, oh, I got it. I got it. We just finished Indy, so Indy's fresh in my mind. Having dinner with Mario Andretti at an Italian restaurant in Tampa, Florida, was one of the coolest moments that, that I've had to sit down with him. I had my family. His family there was really neat. That's awesome, especially, like, you know, being able to pick his brain, stuff like that, I imagine. Yeah, just, just hanging out in one of his cool Italian spots and the way that racing was the was the anchor of the conversation um i saw the joy in my dad's eyes and and the way that everybody was really just chill but really engaged in the situation uh what is something about yourself that you would like to improve Uh, my ability to communicate and i have things in my head all the time on what i'm thinking or what has to what i would like to see happen with the car or i don't know it could be just something simple as schedule i think i I told my wife the other day, I was like, yeah, we're going to have lunch when we get to 
New York City and, and then we'll we'll meet up afterwards and she was just confused on if she was doing lunch or if if I was just doing lunch and just little things so I think that's part of uh, being husband wife but honestly um, I can do a better job with Tony Gibson and anybody that works at Stewart Haas just to be clear on communication so um Obviously, each interview I asked somebody for a question for the next driver. Last week was James Hinchcliffe because I, I went to the Indy 500. And uh, he didn't know it was going to be you specifically. He just knew it was going to be another NASCAR driver. So his question was, um, "How do you think that Jimmy Johnson will be able to break the championships record? And if so, how many do you think he'll end his career with? Um, I'll, I'll answer your question, James Hinchcliffe, in reverse. I think he'll end with eight. I think he'll, if he gets it, he'll be done. He'll walk away, drop the mic. Will he get it? I tell you, the combination of Chad Knauss, Rick Hendrick, Lowe's, Jimmy Johnson, uh, that is a, a power package that has never been assembled and probably never will ever again. And it's mind-boggling to see their results and to watch them continue each and every year to, to power through it. I wish them all the best. I think it they've got the best potential out of anybody to ever set that type of record. Uh, will he do it? I'm on the fence. I'm 50-50 uh, because I'm out there still competing, and I don't want him to get another one while I'm out here. I want to get one. I want to get another one. So we'll see how it pans out. I'm going to say 50-50 that he gets it, but when he does, 100%, he'll drop the mic, walk away. Um, so the next interview I'm doing with is with Paul Menard. Uh, do you maybe have a question that I might be able to ask Paul? Uh, what's the slogan for Menards? Everything's better at Menards or what's the save big money at Menards? Yes. So I want to I want to ask Paul Menard who came up with that tagline and then if he was ever a box boy or a bad guy at Menards. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I, I'm interested to find that out myself. Well, thank you for doing this. All right. Thank you. Okay, so Kurt obviously had a very good question for Paul Menard, uh, which was supposed to be the next interview. However, Paul Menard, unfortunately, uh, is not the next interview. I'll take the blame for that one. Um, I'm very disappointed. Usually, I always have a question for the next person. It always works out. Um, This is maybe the first time this has happened that I can think of. But what happened was uh, I was running late from another interview that got pushed back. And uh, I was unfortunately uh, too late to meet up with Paul Menard. Um, And by the time I got there, he was gone. Uh, I tried all weekend to reschedule at Dover. Unfortunately, he was um, unable at Dover to do the interview. And I already had to do the next 12 questions because I'm going to be gone for a few weeks with moving. And so I had to go out of order and I never got to touch base with Paul. So that stinks. I would have liked to hear that answer. And then the next 12 questions, which is Michael McDowell, I didn't have a question for him. So it got all, all out of order, maybe stuff that only matters to me, but I was uh, stressed about that anyway. Um, so like I mentioned at the start, I'm here in my near empty uh, apartment in Charlotte. We loaded the moving truck Tuesday and now we're tying up some loose ends and you can probably hear the echo of the walls here now that there's no furniture left and uh, we slept on the floor last night not the most comfortable thing but we'll probably finish getting the apartment um, ready to move out um, sometime today and hit the road hopefully Thursday and start the journey to Portland Oregon where we're moving for Sarah's job 
and uh, hopefully be there at this time next week if all goes well. So that's what's going on with me. I won't be at Pocono or Michigan, um, as you may have heard. So I appreciate you listening. And tomorrow's uh, social spotlight is going to be with Lynn Sudik. And you're probably like, who's that? Um, But she's better known as at Monster Mile. She is a social media person for Dover International Speedway. And so I talked to her all about what goes on with tweeting and posting and all that stuff during a race weekend. How do tracks manage uh, the schedule of going out and getting content for their social media accounts while also having to answer all sorts of fan questions, things like that. Um, how, what is the balance there? What, who can she reply to? Things like that. So um, I hope you'll find that interesting. I thought it was um, something a little bit different and that will come out tomorrow. So until then, thanks again for listening to the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, and I'll talk to you soon.